When you retire, you may get a chance to go to football heaven. This is football heaven. Hey guys, welcome to The Mission. I'm your host, Shamir Howerton, and I am so super pumped for today's show. As we conclude our conversations with this year's finalists for the class of 2022 for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, today we get the golden honor of catching up with Saints Panthers legend, Sam Mills' son. Guys, welcome to The Mission, Mr. Marcus Mills. Marcus, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us right here on The Mission. I'm so honored to be able to talk about your dad. Um, your dad has gone on to his glory, um, but the legacy lives through you and your brother, your other brother, and your sister. And man, when you hear the message that your dad is a finalist for this year's class of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, how does that resonate to you and your other siblings? You know what? It is it's truly a blessing uh, that other people are recognizing uh, at the highest level of what my father has given to the game and uh, just given uh, to the people who he's been around, the impact that he's had. Uh, and it's just fantastic. It's, it's just awesome to, to get to see that recognition uh, come around. And this is an amazing honor. You know, he's uh, been put in other Hall of Fames, but nothing is the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You know, the Saints Football Hall of Fame, the Carolina Panthers Football Hall of Fame. And this year he's also going to be put into the North Carolina State Hall of Fame. And that's the Pro Football Hall of Fame is the last one. That's all he has left. Uh, so it is a fantastic honor, and we're just so happy to be a part of it. Your dad was a undrafted um, player coming into league back in 1986, man. I, I, I know you were youngin', but if you could just, you know, from just, just reliving that moment for your dad, what do you think that meant to, meant to him to be um, signed by the, New, by the New Orleans Saints at that time? Well, I think it, I think it meant everything, uh, you know, starting in 83, actually with the Philadelphia stars uh, was his first stint in professional football. Um, and then, you know, he had a very successful three years with that league, won two championships, uh, uh, was a standout player. And then moving into the NFL, you know, you still, he still um, had the, the need to, to prove that he can play in his league at the highest, at the highest level. Uh, Jim Mora had faith in him and he already knew he can do it. Uh, he brought him in, you know, uh, Sam Mills, my father, he spent every year just proving, uh, that all the work that he put in, um, pays off and that he belonged, uh, here with some of the great names that, you know, were in the NFL at the time. What was it like, um, being at that ring of honor ceremony, um, at the, in, in, in New Orleans with you and your family? Oh, uh, uh, I tell you what, it was fantastic. It, it was really, uh, it was a beautiful thing. We love the city of New Orleans. The city of New Orleans has always loved uh, Sam Mills and the Dome Patrol. Uh, it was just like coming home, uh, being there with uh, Ricky Jackson and, and Pat Swelling was also there. Jim Moore came out uh, to visit. It was just like a, almost like a family reunion uh, coming back home. Uh, and it's such a huge honor, but it still feels like home because uh, it's Superdome. You know, it's crazy to think that uh, such a big place could feel like home, but that's where we grew up at. Uh, so it was just it was just great to come back home and receive that honor. <laughs> what were some of your fondest memories of watching your dad on the gridiron play there in New Orleans? You know what? It was there's just so many memories. You know, uh, it's funny because as a kid, you know, you, you don't really follow the script that your father puts down. So my favorite players were Barry Sanders and, 
and and Jerry Rice and and some of his rivals at the time. So it was just always great to see him go out there and compete. And at the time, the Superdome didn't have the the turf that they had now. So some of my memories were to seeing how these guys came bruised and scraped up from that hard AstroTurf that they had in the dome. They were playing on about like a half an inch of, of rough carpet and the cement underneath it. Uh, so I just remember them coming out like gladiators after the games, bruised up and, and ready to get back to it next week. And I thought these guys were completely insane. <laughs> but when did but, but there was a point that like, when did you and your brother and your sister know like, hey man, dad's pretty good at this. Like he's the man. You know what? It's, it's it's difficult because you always look at dad like dad and and my my father didn't walk around uh, as if he was better than anyone or if he was greater or deserved more than anyone else. Now, on the field, he became a, a, a different person. Uh, you can see he's making plays. You hear his name called all the time, recovering fumbles, causing, you know, making big plays. But you see that. Uh, but, you know, in everyday life, 99 Point nine percent of the time that we spend with him, he's just dad. He's just another guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> but he has a statue. I understand there's a statue in his, in his honor. Carolina Panthers, tell us about that. Yeah, so that was a great honor. You know, and it, the the thing I I I appreciate most about what the Carolina Panthers did was that they they gave him his statue while he was still alive. So he actually uh, got a chance to to be around it, and that doesn't happen too often where uh, uh you know a player is still alive to see such an honor. Um, but it was it was a great. Uh, it's a great experience for our family, especially for him as well. And the process of them making the mold of him for the statue. And um, it's just something that's going to live forever. And it, I, my friends send me pictures all the time. Whenever they, they come into Charlotte, North Carolina, they always go to the statue. They take pictures and they send it to me. Uh, and it's also uh, going to be something I, I get to do with my daughter now. She gets to uh, share in that legacy and take pictures with her. It's a place she can always go to visit them. That's amazing. If you could tell us, keep pounding where did the slogan come from and how does that resonate to you and your family? Yes, yes, yes. Keep pounding. So, so keep pounding came from a speech that he made uh, as a coach uh, to, through their Super Bowl run. Uh, I believe they were playing the Dallas Cowboys and, and it was his turn up to, to motivate the team. He gave a speech and he gave a, a speech with uh, the, the headline of, of keep pounding to keep working, to, to, to never give up, to never quit. And he related his experience of, of, getting sick and having cancer, uh, but, but just not being an option, quitting, not being an option. Uh, and all the only option is to keep pounding, you know, to keep going and to keep fighting. Um, and the team took that message and, and they won their game. They, they went on uh, to the Super Bowl. Um, but we use that with pretty much everything we do. And everyone who's been around Sam Mills, you know, you, uh, that's, that message has always been given, you know, just consistently keep working, just keep working. You're going to lose. You're going to, to, to fall at some points, but you know, the, the thing that you can control is your effort uh, and your ability to get up and keep trying. So, so I will definitely pass that on to my daughter. I know my brother uses it every day. He coaches uh, in the NFL now, and I, I know that's a message he, he feeds his guys as well. So uh, it's a message that sticks with us all the day, uh, every day, all day. And even with the guys who are in that locker room for the speech, you hear them, you see news clippings all the time where they, they speak about keep pounding uh, as well and how it's carried them through their careers and their journeys. Yeah, there's the, there's the keep pounding fun as well as the keep pounding 5K. Tell us about how that that is helping impact the lives of young kids who are dealing with cancer. Yeah, so so keep pounding. You know, it's the the state and the city and the team really uh, has used it as a rallying cry to to make positive change uh, 
in the community in, in North Carolina and South Carolina. So they, they like they raise money for for cancer It's pretty much that simple. Uh, everyone knows the slogan. Uh, everyone knows the cause. Everyone, um, you know, by the time you read a certain age, everyone has been touched by cancer in one way or another. So everyone understands. Uh, and we just uh, give a platform where people can give back. Um, and, you know, it's it's great that that people can stand uh, shoulder to shoulder with some of the cancer patients uh, and rally them on with their, you know, cheer them on in their fight. You know, sometimes you're in a spot where you're the only one who can actually have the fight. And that's what cancer is like sometimes even for kids. You know, you wish that you could take that fight for them. Uh, but you can what you can do is you can stand by their side, shoulder to shoulder and cheer with them and uh, tell them to keep pounding, keep working, keep fighting. Uh, and you can also give money to help out and support. Man, Marcus, I got to really tap in because you and your brother both played sports. Now, did your sister play sports as well? Uh, well, mostly me, my brother and I, mostly my okay. brother and I. Okay. Yeah. So what was that like? You know, let's, let's, let's really dive in, you know, your father being an NFL great, you know, how, how much did that influence you? And, and let's talk about some of the lessons that you learned from your dad. Yes. Yes. Um, you know what? It's, it's, it's funny, but my father never pressured us uh, to play sports, to play football. Um, the, the surrounding community pressured us more uh, than he did. You know, he just wanted to make sure that whatever we did, uh, we gave a hundred percent of our effort, right? So we're not going to be half in or half out. And that, that came with sports that came with, I remember one time I, I was in the band and I, I was playing saxophone and I was, I was half in, he's like, either you're going to be all the way in or you're going to be all the way out. Right. If you're going to do this, you're going to do it. Um, but that was just with everything in life. And he was, he, he, he coached us not in technique, but in character when it came to football, um, to tell you the truth, my brother was, probably a better athlete at that age, at a young age than my father was at the time, you know, but my father had the character, uh, even at a young age of someone who was great. Uh, he, he always had it. Um, so that's what he could teach us. That's what he can best teach us. Cause a lot of people can teach speed and agility and how to tackle. Uh, but you know, to have a, a, a character, um, coach, uh, was, was probably the best coach that he could be for us, uh, as we grew up in sports. And you mentioned off camera that your brother is the defensive line coach for the Washington football team and yourself. You actually um, were part of um, the coaching tree, if you will. Um, tell us about your path through, 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 through the ranks of coaching. Yeah, so I uh, actually played for uh, Joe Paterno at Penn State and then I stayed on there and uh, I became a part of, of that staff. And then I, I moved out to Temple University and got to uh, learn from Al Golden. Uh, and Matt Rule was on that staff as well, who's coaching for the, the Carolina Panthers. So I got to learn from those guys. So I, I got to see a lot of uh, great leaders uh, growing up. Uh, and and the same with Ron Rivera, my brother, uh, who's been under his uh, tutelage for quite some time. So we, we have some great leaders who have guided us and mentored us, uh, some of the legendary leaders of in, in football. So it's been a fantastic journey for both of us. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> you know, I, I know you said dad was dad and, you know, he was, it was like, you know, he played football. But if you could talk, if you could tell us some of the top moments in your dad's football history. Yeah. So I will say, you know, the, the Saints just being a part of the Dome Patrol was was something special. You know, Pat Swilling, Ricky Jackson, Vaughn Johnson being a part of of something that you know is great. And they've been ranked as the, the, the greatest linebacking core of all time and in some books and, and just being able to, to lead that group, you, you know, always had uh, a special, 
uh, special place in his heart. And that's what made New Orleans home, just that group and just having dominant defenses. Um, another other couple moments, I remember their first uh, win against the Cowboys when he's playing for the Carolina Panthers. They, they, they beat the Cowboys in a playoff game. He got an interception uh, to seal that game. And I just remember how ecstatic he was after the game. But still, he, he's dead. So I, I kind of joked about it. If you remember the highlight, he he was going to take a knee. He got the interception and was thinking about taking a knee. But there was no one ahead of him. So he's like, wait a minute. Maybe I can score. Right. So then he, he takes off. And, you know, he, he at that time, my I think both my brother and I were faster than him. Uh, so he takes off as fast as he can. Uh, and then he gets tackled at the one yard line. So we made fun of him uh, for a while uh, for that. But it, it was a great moment to each level, whether it was the, the Philadelphia Stars or the New Orleans Saints or the Carolina Panthers. He was able to build something great. And, and that was kind of the culmination of, of what they built at Carolina, that they were able to win a, a, a playoff game against the Dallas Cowboys in their second season of existence. Uh, <laughs> so I think that was a, a fantastic, a great moment for him. Uh, other than that, you know what he really he really got a lot of joy out of seeing other people who he mentored uh succeed he would always talk about other players uh always talk about man this guy is this guy's gonna be great one day or this guy's gonna be really good or uh, i remember as he was drafting dan morgan uh, just talking about him at home man this guy this guy's a player he's got a motor on him he's, he's gonna be good you know uh, he was just always talking about other guys and their potential and I think that really made him happy to, to, to try to uh, help others to maximize their potential. That's amazing. And Marcus, for you and your brother, what type of coach dad was he? Was he kind of like breaking down film with you guys or he was kind of like standoff and just let you guys do what you do? Yeah, more, more of a standoff, more of a standoff, uh, let you do what you do. Uh, you know, he'll offer a tip uh, here and there, but, uh, you know, in, in hindsight, in retrospect, you know, we probably weren't the best uh, sponges for knowledge at the time. You know how it is when you're, a, whether you're a Tiger Woods' son, you know, Tiger Woods says that his son doesn't really listen to him that much. Uh, <laughs> in retrospect, you know, I'm like, man, I could have been getting all the tips. I could have, <laughs> I could have taken some shortcuts to, to become much better than what I was. Uh, but he, you know, he really wanted us to walk our, our, our own journeys and to, to really make decisions on our own life about how we wanted to, to, to be great in our own ways. Um, which I, I really do now I can, as a new father, I can appreciate the space uh, that was given and the encouragement into whatever I, I wanted to do, whatever walk of life I chose. He never wanted to box us in to, to, to think that, Hey, you can only be great at football or, Hey, you can only be great at sports. Um, he, he really uh, stressed that, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do, you can do as long as you put in the effort and the hard work. You know, I have to ask you this question. Um, um, unfortunately, the NFL lost a giant this year, this last year, excuse me, and John Madden. Yes. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm quite for sure you play Madden a lot. I, 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 can, <laughs> I, can, I, I can just I just feel your energy. But yeah, um, yeah. do you recall Madden ever talking about your dad and, 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 and you know, what and what were those? What would how did that make you feel having like John Madden talk about my dad? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy enough. It's, you know, John Madden, obviously, if you grew up watching football, John Madden is an icon. He, he is NFL football uh, and he is uh, video game football as well. So he's, he just is football for a young adult or a young child too. John Madden. I remember some of the, the most uh, joyous moments that most people don't under or recognize is that my, when my father would make the John Madden teams, all Madden teams, 
uh, and you get this all Madden jacket, you know, and the jacket is so colorful. It looks kind of tacky now, but, but my father used to be super proud of him to make that, that all Madden team because, you know, John Madden as, as much of a character as, as, as we try to make him out to be just because of the announcing and the, the boom, uh, he, that, that's a truck and all that. The guy knows football. He knows football better better than anyone knows football and to be selected by him to be the best in the league. Uh, I, I remember my father uh, bringing those jackets home and being proud and whether he made, it was almost more, more impressive than making a pro bowl is making that all Madden team at the time. And I remember uh, John Madden talking about uh, the saints defense uh, saying that there, I think he placed them second behind the 85 bears. Uh, but he said, this is the second best defense I've, I've ever seen. Uh, which is ultra impressive. It doesn't get more impressive than that. So it's it's like LeBron chasing Jordan at at some point that you should just be happy to be second, right? Uh, and it's just a, it's just an honor. John Madden has always spoken very highly of, of Sam Mills, the Dome Patrol, and definitely the New Orleans Saints defense. I got to ask you because I asked some of the guys I had a chance to talk to. You know, do you feel like you left everything out there on the field? But for you being the son of an NFL legend, what was it like when your dad decided to hang up the cleats and, you know, did he come to you and your, you know, your, your siblings and say, Hey guys, this is it. You know, what was that moment? Like, if you don't mind sharing. Yeah, no, I don't mind at all. Uh, <laughs> and it's funny. I'll, I'll tell you how he told his agent first. Uh, so his agent, Brett senior, uh, and I just found out about this in a, a few a few months ago in New Orleans. Um, Brett Brett Senior told me he's like, you know how your dad told me that he was retiring. He he called me the week of the last game and I said, hey uh, Brett, you, you might want to fly down here. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, announcing my retirement this week. <laughs> and, and that's the, the the last game of the season. He just kind of made the decision and just went for it. And that's kind of. Uh, how he operated. So that's, he told us as well. And, you know, it's, he had been thinking about it for the last few years and the year prior to that, he, he made all pro. So he, he had more, more years in the tank. Uh, he, he came off of a, he still had a good season in him. He, he clearly had another year to go, but uh, he makes decisions and he, and he goes for it. So he was like, you know what, I'm out of this, uh, this football thing for right now, I'm going to put all my efforts or something else. He, he was happy with his decision. He was, he was in a good place. He felt like he gave all that he could give to Philadelphia and to the Carolina Panthers. Um, and there wasn't, it wasn't really a sad moment for him or for the family. You know, we, we didn't see him as a football player. We saw him as a leader in, in whatever he wanted to do. And people around him saw that as well. So all he had to decide next is, well, what do I want to do? Uh, so it was just the next chapter. It wasn't, it wasn't an end to anything. <laughs> That's amazing. And just lastly, you know, the legacy. What would this mean if you guys did get noticed that your dad is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? What would that mean to you and members of your family? It would mean a lot. It would mean a lot because we think it would mean a lot to Sam Mills. And and to 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 think about how he would have accepted it uh, is very emotional for us because not only is he thinking about everything that he's put into the game and, and all the effort and all the, you know, all the, the weight room sessions and all the, uh, the, the being cut and told, no, you can't do it. Uh, and still being able to overcome that. Not only is he thinking about himself and his own journey, but he's thinking about all the other people who, who have come up since then. Um, all the, the, the London Fletchers and all the other undersized guys who uh, now have a place where they can no longer be told, um, no, you can't, 
you, you, you're too slow. You're too small. You can't play the game. But not only can you play the game, you can be the best. You can make it to the Hall of Fame. Uh, and I think that he, he wears that on his shoulder, being uh, a leader of that group of guys who are told no, who are told you're too small, told that it's not your time, uh, told that you're not good enough to, to be like, yeah, I can do this. And, and not only can I do it at a, at a high level, but I can be the best. Uh, and I think he would have been proud of being able to hold that torch uh, for the rest of those people and lay down the path for those to follow. Well, Marcus, man, we're pulling for your family and we wish you guys nothing but the best. And we want to thank you so much for reliving those magic moments of your as legacy right here on the mission. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Marcus Mills. Thank you, Jamar.